This morning we're going to be um, looking um, a little bit further into this idea of uh, becoming a disciple. Uh, we looked last week as um, that, was the, that was the term that was used of the followers of Jesus uh, most often as, as Jesus interacted with them. There are lots of different things that uh, uh, wrap into that idea of being called a disciple. Um, and it's, it's more than just one thing. It's not just believing as we looked at it. It's not just following somebody. There's, there's so much wrapped up into the term of a disciple. And so we're going to spend a little bit more time this morning looking at um, what it is um, as we are becoming Christ-like disciples. We'll be looking at uh, 1 John uh, chapter 2, the first six verses there as we uh, consider um, these words and how they are meant to shape our understanding and our lives. 1 John 2 uh, at verse 1, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Je- Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Now I realized as I was going along, I was reading from the ESV. This is the, the I think this is the NIV. Is that what it says there? I think it's the NIV uh, version. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I have uh, another opportunity uh, this morning um, for someone to volunteer. Don't you just love this part? Uh, you can't you can't volunteer again, Linda. Thank you though. Uh, so I need I need a different volunteer. Maybe even, and I know this probably is still broadening the the the, the selection here. Somebody that's that's got a mind of being able to. Uh, organize things. Well, maybe maybe I slim down the crowd. I don't know. I, I, but I need a, I need a volunteer. Yeah. So everybody's not making eye contact right now. I know. I, am I am I that desperate that I got to get my wife up here to do that, or is there somebody else that bold? All right, come on up. Yeah. Well. Don't make an offer you can't follow through on. So just uh, come here by the table. Um, I have I have uh, something that uh, you can do. Uh, can you let uh, the people know out there what I have here? Looks like one of my thousand piece puzzles. <laughs> so um, so she she's she's doing these regularly. Um, so. Uh, your task is to put that together. So, do, do, do you? 
so what's what's your process here? I'm flipping them all over. Yeah, because uh, if you if you looked at uh, the one side, uh, there's no distinguishing characteristics. Uh, as you as you do that, what are what are you hoping to do um, next? What what are you what are you hoping to make here? A picture. Of. Oh, you don't know. Uh, you don't know what it's supposed to look like yet. No. That's a, a little problem? Yeah. But I can find all the corners, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you, it, so, yeah, let's, let's uh, see if we can find some of the corners. Let's just search for those first. Uh, you got any on your side? No. There's no corners. Uh, nothing, nothing that defines it yet. No. And, and nothing that you even know what to expect, right? No. Well, so if you, if you had this bag, that would help, right? Yeah. This one sets the borders for that. This, this would be an important part of the puzzle to have. Uh, if you had everything that showed where the border of this goes, so you know that as you're as you're putting something in it, it you got to know how far up it goes and out and down and everything. Uh, this would be an important piece pieces of the puzzle as well. If you had this, um, how difficult would it be without knowing what it's supposed to look like? It would be challenging. It would be challenging. Uh, it would be really helpful uh, if she knew that what she was building um, in the puzzle was this. Uh, now you have something to to pattern your work after. Now that now that you have what it's supposed to look like, and all the pieces, <laughs> all of them now, including the border, now you could actually do it. Uh, she's done this one before, but I know how long it took her to do it. So I'm not going to have her stay up here the whole time, uh, but thank you for uh, helping me in um, setting the stage for what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, if, if we tried to live our lives, um, our, our Christian lives, um, that's the way we identify ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ. If, if we are meant to live our lives before Him, we should probably understand uh, what that's like. But if we did it with our own ideas, if we, if we just came to uh, something like this, where uh, there are so many pieces and uh, none of it really makes sense yet, we, we might tend to be uh, confused about it. Uh, we may just throw up our hands and just say, well, I'm just glad that I'm a disciple. And let's just leave it at that. I, I, don't, I don't know how to even go about this and it's just too overwhelming. And if I didn't have the, the pieces that border that, I don't even know how far things gonna, are going to go in any direction. Uh, but those pieces of the puzzle give us parameters. Uh, they're, they're, they're the places that would tell us that this is how far you're supposed to go. And everything else is what comes in the middle of it. Uh, if, 
if, if I tried to live my life without some sort of direction, instruction, guidance, I would, I would mess it up. Uh, if I, especially without, without all the correct pieces without, and without seeing what it's supposed to be, I would probably just get frustrated and, and give up. Uh, my wife will tell you, at best, I, I, I help her out with six pieces per puzzle. And usually the ones that are in the middle of uh, a spot, and it's the only one that hasn't been, so I just need to look for one shape with one color and that kind of thing. Uh, but if I had to try to figure out my Christian life, without, without something that I know that I'm looking for, uh, something that shapes my understanding of what that's supposed to be, gives me all the parameters for, for the life I'm supposed to have, it wouldn't uh, be good. Uh, my life would be a mess. And as Scripture says, uh, like everybody else, I would fall short of what he intends for me. Uh, a, a glorious picture that he's trying to paint. I would fall short, and you would fall short of that if we just tried to live our lives based on our own understanding. Maybe even as uh, little kids, we would um, more likely just play with a box or the bag than actually do the work of the puzzle. Uh, Paul talks about that idea of, of um, being, being in that childlike state where we're not growing up yet and we're, we're, we're needing guidance. He said, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, when I grew up from my childlike state, I gave up childish ways. And so, so the, the child would sit here and just play with the bag the whole time and, and, and fill the box up with food and all kinds of stuff. Uh, the mature man would, would sit down and do the puzzle and finish it and accomplish what he had set out to do. He, he had set his mind on, on doing that and as he grows up, as he matures, he... He finishes it. He completes it. He sets his mind to it and he does it. There were times when uh, religious leaders were, were uh, constantly around Jesus, always just following him around. They were not disciples. They were, they were followers. Remember, there, there are people that follow Jesus, but they're not actually disciples. There were those religious leaders that were constantly confronting Jesus and he talked to them about um, where they had fallen short in this idea of, of, of becoming a, a Christ-like disciple. He, he would rebuke them uh, because they were not who they were supposed to be. They were the religious leaders of the day and they should have known how they should be walking and living out their lives. And he says in Matthew 15, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. This idea of just haphazardly coming to uh, being a disciple doesn't work. You can't do it in childlike ways. You can't do it uh, blindly. You have to have a pattern set before you. Uh, the Psalms the Psalms talk about that. The, the opening, the opening uh, psalm uh, kind of sets the stage for all of the psalms to give 
our, our, our minds a way to uh, begin to conceptualize what God expects from us. Uh, listen to the way Psalm 1 opens up. Blessed is the man, that idea of uh, being blessed again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on that law day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Uh, there's, there's a picture of, of what it is to be a Christ-like disciple already here in the Psalms. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't go along with the wicked crowd. He keeps his uh, life free from that kind of influence, uh, the shaping by evil that exists. He doesn't stand with them. He doesn't sit down with them. He doesn't take up his residence with those that are opposed to God. He goes to the Word of God and he meditates on it day and night. And then because of that, he, he continually grows. He matures and produces fruit. If anything like this is starting to sound like what a disciple should be, you're correct. Uh, forsaking the natural way of man, that, that, that evil heart. Uh, going to the Word of God and letting the Word of God instruct us. And then recognizing that there's that life-giving stream that comes from it and that life-giving stream is meant to produce fruit in us so that we do grow up to maturity. Life, life without those parameters um, like we had here with the puzzle. You could, you could sit here all day long and try to complete the puzzle only to find out that there are no parameters. There, there are no guidelines for you as far as how far you go. And of course, without a picture to know how you're supposed to put it together, what it's supposed to look like, we would still be lost. But imagine now if, if you knew what you were supposed to know about being a follower of Christ, a Christ-like disciple. If you followed in the footsteps of Jesus, imagine what that would be like. Uh, seeing, seeing the picture come together. Uh, becoming more Christ-like. Loving the sinner and the outcast. Jesus modeled for us the kind of life we ought to live. Uh, not just loving your own kind, uh, there's a rebuke in Scripture for that. That's, that's not enough just to love those who love you. We love those who are against us, persecute us, as we were talking about. We love and care for the outcast, the orphan, those that have no standing in society. Uh, if we followed in the footsteps of Jesus, we would be, be praying that we would make a commitment to follow Him wholeheartedly. We would even be praying for the people that persecute us. Uh, becoming a Christ-like disciple is, is meant to radically alter your way of thinking and your way of living. It isn't just um, uh, uh, something that you check off to say that you're done. Uh, last week when we talked about the, the different ways that we describe ourselves, 
uh, being a Christian, that label. Uh, you'd have to describe what being a Christian is in today's world. Uh, follower, who are you following? Believer, what do you believe? Uh, but a Christ-like disciple is one of those things that we talked about, being born again, one of those things that we are not is just saved. Did you know that? A disciple of Jesus Christ is not somebody that is just saved. Well, I'm saved. Praise God, you have begun the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Being saved is the very starting point. It is the very first step you take as a disciple. But too many of us uh, have, uh, can have this idea that um, being one of Christ's followers is being saved and being content in that. Uh, b- but imagine going beyond taking more steps following in this Christ-like discipleship life Um, leading a life of obedience like Jesus did. It's a strange concept. We were talking about that uh, recently Sunday night, uh, past Sunday night, about being obedient, uh, Jesus learning obedience. It's a strange thing for us to even uh, meditate on. But that's what it is to be a Christ-like disciple, living a life of obedience to the Father. Imagine, I I was struck by a verse uh, last night. Uh, If we lived our lives in the way that different verses explain for us, what if if we just lived it out? What if you came to a verse that instructed you on how to live and you lived it? What a novel idea. It gives us a word that is a word of instruction and we carry it out in obedience. Imagine how my life would be changed, how your life would be changed if we came to those kinds of uh, verses and just did them. Didn't contemplate them. Uh, Didn't meditate on it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Just said, Father, help me carry this out in my life. Imagine the impact that would have on our children if they saw us living Christ-like lives. The impact goes beyond our own homes. It would it would start to transform those that live around us, those that work around us, those that we engage in life with. Uh, living that Christ-like disciple would have this ripple effect, and it would just keep going out. the The more that we're transformed into the image of our Savior, the more we would see radical transformation happening around us as we shared what that life was like if we walked in obedience as Jesus did. You know, that's, that has been the plan of God since the very beginning. Jesus isn't bringing a new concept into the world of, of following Him. This isn't anything new. Um, even if you go back to uh, when God was giving the law to Moses, Deuteronomy 5 says, you shall, you shall walk in the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. The discipleship life is one of of walking in a path that keeps leading you after the leader. You keep following in the footsteps of the one who leads you. You should walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land you are to possess. 
the more we follow in the footsteps of our Savior, even through the most difficult challenges that he puts there for us, because he does test us, because the last thing you want to find out is that your faith was not genuine, so, so he will give you a, a pop quiz every once in a while and say, I have a challenge for you. I want to see that your faith is real. I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to see your faith grow and become real. I'm not here to trip you up. That's, the, that's what the devil does. The devil comes in with temptations. He wants to see you fail. Jesus will put things in front of you and I so that we pass the test and so that we grow in our faith. We become mature. And as I take more steps in Jesus Christ, uh, as each new challenge in life comes to me, I get more confident in my walk because I have proven him over and over it's the way God has designed it. Think of, think of how that would bless God. Uh, fathers and mothers know that uh, as we see our kids imitating us. Uh, out there, uh, dad out there mowing the grass, you know, cutting the grass with his push mower. And there's uh, little, little Junior with his bubble, bubble machine uh, blow, uh, mower. Just brings a smile to a father's heart, and and for the for the mother who's um, uh, making making uh, uh, probably pumpkin pie, um, and and there's uh, little Sally with her easy bake oven, uh, doing that same thing, learning learning to follow after the example set for them. Um, the, the the apostle John that we were reading here uh, says as well. Uh, in his third letter. Uh, so he recognizes this as a spiritual father. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. If that blesses the Apostle John, how much more won't it bless God our Father when you and I walk in the truth, keep following in the pattern that has been set for us in Jesus Christ? Uh, living the, the life of a Christ-like disciple is is the call that God has for us. That is the call. That's the wonderful thing too. He doesn't just uh, call us into the faith and say, now figure it out. I'll see you hopefully at the end. The call is to be a Christ-like disciple. One that, one that finds that place where he says, I'm saved, and he starts in, in square one and then begins to realize uh, what saving faith has in store for him or her. And they take uh, a step towards Christ and they keep moving along and growing in their understanding. Uh, it won't be easy. The, the, the enemy will always try to tempt us to try a different way. Uh, he's, he's super clever. But he almost only has one bag, or one trick in his bag to tempt you into following a different way. Don't eat from the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil because in that day you will surely die. Well, no, that's not. The enemy says no. Uh, let me explain what he meant. L- let, me, let me show you a different way to follow. He wants you to go this way. I've got a better plan for you. He does that all the time. He tries to twist even the Word of God to make you think something different so that you will follow in a different path. 
that's the, that's the enemy that we're up against. Uh, we'll be tempted to try to please everyone. Uh, we want to we be uh, peacemakers as we were reading about in Matthew 5. We want to be those peacemakers and the temptation that will come from the enemy is just try to please everybody. Which means maybe a little compromise there. Uh, that's what the Word of God says, but maybe if you, if you uh, reshift your thinking about what that means, you'll please more people. You won't have people upset with you. You won't have people taking a stance against you. They won't be um, using that term Christian in a derogatory way against you. Oh, those Christians, they think this way. Uh, we will be tempted to try to please um, other people and not to offend people. Paul says in Galatians 1, if, if I were still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Imagine that. If we're trying to please other people, just, I don't want to rock the boat, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I'm trying to make sure that that everybody is okay with the way I live my life. Paul says, if, if I'm trying to please everybody else, I'm not a Christ-like disciple. The, the life of a, of a Christ-like disciple um, isn't that free-for-all. It, it's, that, it's that life of obedience. Following in the footsteps of our Savior. Uh, the life of obedience isn't the method of our salvation by any means. Uh, following in obedience is, is um, giving evidence that we are being fully transformed. It isn't the method, it's the evidence. And so the Christian life will be one that has a constant call for us to follow in obedience. And it would be our joy to do that. Every step as a, as a disciple brings us, brings us closer um, into, uh, into what it is uh, to be that uh, follower of Christ, this, this Christ-like disciple. Uh, the author of Hebrews uh, at chapter 12 uh, talking about the faith that people lived out in their lives. Right on the heels of this great chapter of faith, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, I love that, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. A Christ-like disciple is one who follows after the one who founded the faith that we would live and the one who perfected it, brought it to its full maturity so you and I would have a pattern to follow. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross despising its shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
the Christ-like disciple doesn't let anything, anything hinder him. Certainly not sin. Sin is always the hindrance. And that's why we're constantly uh, needing to confess those things that would draw us away from living a Christ-like life. Those things that uh, I allow in my life, those things that uh, we may even pursue at times that uh, God would call us into repentance for, we certainly need to make sure we set those things aside. But the writer of Hebrews says, lay aside every weight. Imagine you've got a, a, a backpack that you need to carry and it's just loaded with, uh, you know, the, the barbell weights. 20 pounders on either side and you've got 10 of them in your pack. And they're not there to do you any good. And so, as a Christian, you say, well, you know, uh, I keep going forward, but it's awfully hard. Part of it is because I'm carrying all this unnecessary weight. And you set that aside. Maybe it's the things that uh, you regularly involve yourself in that, that take you away from life in Christ. And that could be that could be a ton of things and a ton of good things. If you're involved in a ton of good things that have absolutely uh, no value for you becoming a Christ-like disciple and it hinders your race, you and I ought to reevaluate those things. Maybe God has a redeeming plan for how to use those, but if they only and always keep standing in your way of living a Christ-like life, you should set those things aside. Uh, we, we have a tendency to live our lives like, I'm going to go do something good and hopefully God will bless it. Uh, wouldn't it be easier just to find out where He is and keep following and knowing that there's blessing in that instead of always trying to take on things that you don't know are going to do any good and expecting that there's going to be some sort of blessing from that. Lay aside anything that hinders you Anything. Uh, talk about uh, living out a verse. Uh, if you and I take that verse, go into this week and prayerfully say, God, show me what it is that I do in my week, week by week. What is there in my life that keeps hindering my race? That, that is a hindrance to me becoming more of a Christ-like disciple. Show me what that is and let me just put it aside. Uh, that could be one of the hardest things you would have to do is setting aside something that's just always there with you and it adds no value to you and it actually hinders you from growing in your relationship with Christ. Verse 3 there in Hebrews 12. Consider him who endured. Endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Consider the endurance of Jesus so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Keep looking to Jesus. Even through his greatest trials, he kept persevering. 
for the joy that was set before him, he endured it all. Keep that as your focus so that you and I don't grow weary. Our, our lives as, as uh, disciples of Jesus should be so clearly seen uh, and becoming more so uh, the further we get down the line in our lives before Christ. Uh, our lives as Christians, our lives as Christ-like disciples should be so clearly seen that you, you and I could say, as Paul did, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not looking to make disciples of myself. I'm looking to first be a Christ-like disciple in my own life. And that should be so evident that I could say, just fall in line behind me because I'm following Christ. And it should be that evident. That's the wonderful call that we have. It is a lifelong journey. It isn't, it isn't a stop along the way. Uh, it isn't just a small part of it. it. It is what we're called to be, Christ-like disciples. It's not an easy one. But Paul, Paul, the great apostle Paul, gives uh, this wonderful uh, insight and encouragement in 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, we've used it here before uh, as, a, as a benediction uh, as we leave under the blessing of our God. Paul, Paul writes, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. May He sanctify you completely. That's going to happen one day, brothers and sisters. One day, whether we finish our race or Christ comes back, that sanctifying process of being made into the image of our Savior is going to be full and complete. May He sanctify you, make you more like Christ completely. whole spirit and soul and body, your complete being, blameless at the coming of Christ. That's a big order. This is the encouragement. He who calls you in that life of a Christ-like disciple, he who calls you is faithful, he will absolutely do that. You and I need to only submit ourselves to the life of a Christ-like disciple and then follow. We don't have to make anything up. We don't have to figure anything out. We just have to commit to it faithfully, follow in obedience, prayerfully, expectantly, to know that the path that He has us on is this one where He is going to transform us into the image of our Savior. We will be made just like Him, for we will see Him as He is. John writes that too. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what, we'll, what we will be is not yet seen. It hasn't appeared yet, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That's the end goal for us, to be like Him. The, the, the puzzle that has been painted uh, for what it is to be a Christ-like disciple is that of a, a, a wonderful masterpiece. Uh, and it's laid out perfectly in the Word of God. 
it's, it's, it's lived out perfectly in the Word of God, that Word that became flesh and walked among us and gave us a pattern to follow. To become a Christ-like disciple is to enter into the process of being, um, becoming that wonderful masterpiece of God, being made into the image of Christ. That's the journey that he puts us on. That's the call he has for us. You only need to accept it, commit to it, recommit to it. Uh, Give up yourself daily in commitment to that as you expect to see that masterpiece being created in your own life, your whole spirit, soul, and body transformed into the image of our Savior. That's the goal for us as Christians. Let's pray. Father, we are your children now and uh, I can't even see myself uh, in that final completed state yet of what it would be like to be just like your son, Jesus. No other picture, no other portrait, no other person would I pattern myself after than him. We admire our Savior. We, we bless Him for all that He has done for us. We commit to living that way. And so help us again, Father, this morning to see the fullness of what it means to live as Christ-like disciples. Setting aside anything that would hinder us. Committing day by day to follow in obedience in a, in gratitude for what we've seen the Savior do uh, for us and now in us and also through us. So Holy Spirit, keep sanctifying us. Keep working in us uh, so that we would be transformed into the very image of the one who saves us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.